0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are getting right into the thick of it with the third season of Nick Pizzolatto's True Detective. We'll be cracking skulls with John Bernthal in the unspeakably violent second season of The Punisher and then slurping up what blood is left with a new take on the vampire myth in Fox TV's adaptation of Justin Cronin's novel The Passage. Plus, we will be engaging Warp 10 for the triumphant return of Star Trek Discovery. Kind of, except... You know, without actually having seen it. Captain's log, stardate. 14.0.11.9.10. The Pilot TV podcast is in orbit around the planet Netflix, where our away team has spent the past few days scavenging the ruins of an ancient civilization in search of missing episode screeners. I, Captain James C. Dyer, have taken command of this mission and assigned my top bridge officers to assist in this essential task. Currently, planet side, our Klingon security officer, Lieutenant Boyd Pumonagachuk, has so far had little success in tracking down our mission objective. Let's raise him on the comm. Enterprise to Lieutenant Hilton.
1: Status report. <laughs> I could <can> barely speak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that was magnificent. Really? Hi, yes. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm glad I'm you're here. Want... I'm that? <laughs> Do you want a hot fact? Yeah. Chuck <laughs> is, in fact,. Klingon yep. for starfucker. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Oh, it's, it, it's technically Klingon for star sexer, but you kind of well, it's it, something's lost fine. in translation.
1: This reminds me of the Fraser episode where his son does a whole speech in Klingon where bar mitzvah. <laughs> have you seen that episode? No, I yeah, haven't. It's great. Oh, it's very good. It's, it's not insulting, by the way. If I'd
0: wanted to insult you, I'd have said something like <coughs> Which means which means your mother has a smooth forehead. Which is an ancient Klingon insult. It's not a massive insult. It's, well, um, you know, if you're Klingon, it cuts to okay. the bone. Okay. Um, have you located the uh, Star Trek Discovery screen as Lieutenant Hilton?
1: As you know, I haven't. No, much to your, I imagine, disgruntlement. I'm not happy about no. it. No. I'm not happy. No. No. They're clinging on to them. Absolute bastards.
0: Anyway, to the brig with you. Uh, let's see if my other officer has had better luck. Also on the planet's surface, we have our chief engineer, Commander Terry LaForge. Mrs. LaForge, can you please state for the log what is your relationship with Star Trek and what have you actually watched?
2: What the fuck is happening? I'm,
0: I'm, I want your Trek credentials. I'm going to, I'm going to Trek explain. Uh,
2: watched a bit of Trek telly when I was younger. Specifically,
1: Specifically like hang on. the original gone series. More northern. A little bit. Yeah. I feel
2: really northern today.
1: Mm. You always feel northern to me. I
2: don't me. know what it is.
1: It's surrounded by southern I think Twats. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
2: That, <laughs> that could <be> is exactly <laughs> what it is. I remember Trek on the Telly, Trek Films, couldn't give a trek about Trek.
0: Right. Great. So you never you're not like down with, with any of it.
2: I don't care. Do you like the fact see
0: so so what will be lost on you is as um,
2: Everything you say?
0: Yeah, that. But I, I am wearing currently a navy blue sweater with purple piping, which is I think you can all agree, Boyd. <laughs> Uh, reminiscent of the uh, Scott Bakula, Captain Archer era Enterprise series, the uh, jumpsuits they wear with the piping.
2: James? Yeah. Are you single?
1: (laughs) What's extraordinary is this this whole introduction would be appropriate if we were reviewing the new series of Star Trek, but we haven't been able to see it, so we can't. Yeah, all of that nonsense was essentially by
0: way of saying that while Star Trek Discovery will appear on Netflix this Friday, and doubtless, I think we can all agree be our pick of the week, uh, Netflix has failed to beam the episodes up to us in time that we haven't seen it. However... I don't think it's overstating things to say that despite that, it is brilliant and everyone should watch <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> yeah? Yeah? You know, there's, right. there's a Star Trek podcast where they talk about I'm Star sure there trek, are many of them. I think, but this is from a non trek point of view. I've been asked to go Which on that. Anyway, so they're not Trek-heads like him. and and they're not even particularly that obsessed with stuff, but they and yet they took it's like talking about Star Trek every week from an outsider's point of view and then Russia to go on it. Yeah. It's quite weird. Are you gonna go on it, boy? Well yeah, why not?
2: Go on it, please, just to really piss off James. (laughs) Can you imagine? That's exactly why I would do it. Say some generalizations about it, some facts that are probably a bit incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Watch James combust.
0: Yeah. That's my plan. I'm I'm not happy about this. I will say though, I will say that and I have to bring this up even though it's slightly tangential at Boyd, Judas, splitter traitor that he is. This is not the only podcast he does. He also does a podcast about the football. Uh, <laughs> well, with the, Arsenal with, in particular. With the little men. Which and neither and of you would be the slightest bit interested in. No, so that's yeah, absolutely it's not true. really being a traitor, but, is it? No. But the reason I bring this up is because you did the most bizarre thing I've heard of recently, which is you took your little Arsenal podcast
1: <laughs> to the House of Commons yes. and interviewed the speaker, John yes. Burkow, about yes. the football. And not only did we do that... For, and when she spoke to us for an hour, and by the way, afterwards gave us a lovely glass of wine as well <laughs> to have a little chat. This was in the mid, This was in on Monday, last Monday, in the middle of the busiest, most insane period in the history of politics ever. And he chairs every single Brexit thing. If you I don't know if you noticed, he won't let any of his deputies do it. So he was literally in the middle of that whole thing, and he still found time to chat to me for an hour and a half about and us, about give us, you sorry.
2: a glass of wine and
1: give me a glass of wine. At
2: least we're not in a period of crushing austerity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, What's we're it? in his chambers in the House of Commons, which are also extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. Is it
0: very opulent? Is it, a bit it like is... a
1: captain's ready room? It's <laughs> Pretty much, yes. It's like exactly like that, yeah.
0: What's the name of your other podcast, in case anyone wants Footballistically
1: to... Footballistically Arsenal. Footballistically... What does that mean? It's named after Martin um, Wenger, our, our glorious ex-leader coined the word footballistically footballistically speaking we, we play like this so name after that wow ask, think, at ask the podcast on Twitter
2: I think James should do your Arsenal podcast and you oh, should do a Trek be, podcast that
0: would be great yeah. I fear that your Trek knowledge vastly outstrips my football knowledge <laughs> probably yeah I've James, seen most James, Trek things James Tell me about the offside rule. Ah, see, Terry, it's interesting. You should ask. The offside rule is interesting because it's not about uh, where the ball is in the end. It's about where the ball is when it is played. That is true. Yeah, yeah.
2: but that's not all yeah. of it. Carry on. Yeah.
0: So when the ball is played, there must be a defender between the attacker and the goal. When the ball is played, when the ball gets there, it doesn't really matter. But but if they are, if there is a person not there, then they're offside.
2: Yeah, it more so or, less. Well. more I, or less, I, I know.
1: So well. I know the do you know? Rule? To, do you know what the officer rule is designed to stop? Do you know, a, lot, not, a lot of people don't even know this. Like, what, why is it there? It's there to stop. Is, is it there
0: to stop uh, people? Um, what they're called, striker people, yeah. from basically. Yeah. Yeah. Camping, yeah. down yes. the other end of the goal, pitch. hanging,
1: yeah. Goal, which is the thing that everyone does when they, when you're a kid and you play football, you literally goal stand hang. there five feet from the goal because you could tap it at any point. It's just to, purely to stop that. So all the complications it is complicated. That's all it's there for. Anyway, was the I yeah. Yeah. thing I
0: learned when I was watching the World Cup and people were football yeah. talking about that stuff. Uh, that I always thought that the goalie had to stay in the goal, and when you didn't, when you were kids, you used to have rush goalies. You remember rush mm, goalies? Yeah, where The goalie could run down yeah. the pitch. Apparently, the
1: goalie can do whatever well, the fuck absolutely, he wants. Yeah. He can go you can't anywhere. handle it outside the penalty area, but you can go yeah. run wherever he wants. Yeah. Didn't know that. I'm glad we've so, got onto this topic. Yeah.
2: I am. Me See, too. I thought, I thought the offside rule was there to stop the crushing <laughs> mundanity of this conversation. <laughs> but maybe yeah. I was. Well, uh, we incorrect.
0: are all offside. Right. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> before we press on, has anyone been watching anything mega exciting this week that that wasn't something we'll be reviewing well, yeah. later?
2: In all of the spare hours, yeah, um, yeah. that we weren't watching.
1: I, I have. Did. Has anyone watched? Did anyone watch one thing like? There's some. Th- we haven't got time to do everything. So there was a three part drama on ITV called Manhunt, which was the story of the search for the killer Levi Belfield, the, the serial killer.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 I did watch. Yes. I watched uh, two thirds of it right. and fell asleep. Right.
1: Well, Martin Clunes played the detective, the real life detective, Colin Sutton, and it was a three. It was on consecutive nights last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think you know we were doing our usual glamorous, you know, Netflixy kind of stuff. It was an ITV prime time thing, and you could easily think oh, I was just gonna be a fairly routine piece of, you know, crime telling a true story of a crime. But actually it was really well done and it's kind of like it was I think the the white it was it was the reason it was so well done was because it underplayed everything. So it was about meticulous police work and dedicated um, detective stuff, rather than you know making it over the top, because it was it dealt with it very sensitively, obviously because it was real life stuff—the death of Millie Dowell, all of that. It was honestly, it was a re- it was a, almost an object lesson for me in how to tell a true crime with respecting the victim, respecting the families, and respecting the detective at the centre of it. It's a very interesting piece wow. of television. There you go. It's on I the watched, on the ITV Hub or whatever.
2: I watched again because I'd watched it over Christmas, but I was um, uh, drunk and I forgot some <laughs> of it. Was um. After the screaming oh. stopped, which is still yeah. on iPlayer, yeah. James, tell me you've seen this. Of course, I haven't. Tell me, seen well, this. it. Has watch. it, James, has it has to be watched, James. It has to be watched. Why am going to watch a Bros documentary? So it sounds oh. on the surface, it sounds absurd, clearly, but it is one of the most knowing, telling, revelatory, hilarious, excruciating documentaries I've seen in years.
0: See, Terry, you, you can you can ask me to see this, but ultimately, when you get down to it, I owe you nothing.
2: Mm. There we go, ladies I mean, and gentlemen.
0: So, when there's will no it, off switch on the uh, <laughs> when will it will it be streaming?
2: It is, it's, it's on, now on BBC iPlayer. Oh, <laughs> hey, and, just, oh god,
0: see what it did there. Oh, god. Um, Ooh, uh,
2: and I tell you what, I do really, really want to see, and I don't believe it's coming to this country for another few weeks, which is the R. Kelly documentary series. Correct. Um, what's the full name of it, Boyd? It's, um, um, it's surviving, surviving R. Kelly. R. Kelly, and it's it's interviewing um. People who've worked with him over the years, including people like John Legend um, and women who claim to have been in um, abusive kind of situations or relationships or or kind of just been entangled with him previously. Obviously, he's been accused of various things over the years. But appara- I know people who've seen it in the US and they said it's um, it six, I think, is it six parts? I think so, yeah. They said it's an extraordinary piece of documentary film. Uh, well,
1: and I'll tell you exactly when it's on. It is going to be on the Crime and Investigation channel on Tuesday the 5th of February. There you go. It is absolutely required viewing, yeah. It's inc- incredible stuff. Totally. Okay. And I have one more thing to mention quickly. We're recording this on Friday. On Thursdays, BBC2, and I completely didn't notice this at all, BBC, they've got so many channels and so much stuff launching all at the same time. Sometimes they just start showing something with no fanfare and not really telling anyone <laughs> that they're doing it. But, do you know, they show better things which is an American comedy show, Pamela Adlon's show. Now, she worked with Louis C.K. She created the show with yeah. Louis C.K. And obviously, oh we can now not do anything, watch anything associated with Louis C.K. But forget him. It's a brilliant show. She's a, it's set in L.A. She's a an actress trying to kind of make her way in the world. She's got three kids. It's about her dealing with her three children of varying levels of difficulty. It's just... Did you ever watch Louis C.K.'s show, Louis? No. Which was, at its best, a really good show, despite everything. Was it him masturbating for 40 minutes every week? No, Honestly, there there are episodes of Louis that were great. Anyway, this is like that, but all about her, so it's inherently better. And her mother is played by Celia Imri. What? yes. And she lives (laughs) next door and she's brilliant. Honestly, it's on Thursday nights, Groovy 2 at 10 o'clock. All right, all right. Better things. Sounds
0: like a good recommendation. Uh, My Battlestar Galactica rewatch has been continuing apace. I've watched the miniseries and the first. Three episodes of the show, along with the Battlestar Galactica
1: cast. So that's been great fun. Who's got time for re-watches in this day and age? Like often, when Terry's actually... re-watching
0: a Bross documentary,
1: <laughs> but that's different. That's an hour and a half of anyone's time, and that's that's one of the uh, this, the, the Bross documentary is iconic already. I'm re-watching three things. I'm re-watching Battlestar Galactica Christ. with the
0: Galactica cast. I'm re-watching The West Wing with The West Wing Weekly, which is again continuing. Oh, We're yeah. now on season six of that, yeah. and I'm re-watching The Shield. As you know, now The Shield, I've just got into season two, and I've now remembered. This And I I, I was able to mentally prepare myself for the beginning of season two, which is some of the most upsetting television I've ever encountered. And I remember when I first saw it, particularly like the end of the first episode, which has some horrific stuff in it. And then it's basically the first three, the first three of season two. And I remember watching the first one the first time around because I had the box set and uh, just thinking, oh, my God, that was horrific. I watched one more just as like a palate cleanser to make Mm. myself feel better. And the second one is so much worse. And then I decided to watch one more. And it's even worse than the other two. And at that point, I was like, I don't know if I can do It was it anymore. famous for
1: its grimness. It was absolutely... But it never it gets
0: was... more grim than it does during that three run oh, where you've okay. got uh, Armadillo in it, who's the kind of drug right. dealer, rapist guy. And then there's a couple that basically cut a woman's arm off and leave her hanging in a bathtub. Oh. It's really, really deeply unpleasant. But it's so good.
2: Just what you so want good. on a dry, cold, yeah. miserable January. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's brightened my week up no end. So... <clears throat> On that note, shall we go into news? Yes. Let's look at what's happening in the world of news. This was, of course, the week in which the raging shit show that was the 2019 <laughs> Golden Globe winners were announced. Ah. Uh, that was an interesting one, wasn't it?
2: Uh I Remind mean, us Ridiculous I mean
0: it was ridiculous Mainly for the film stuff Let's yeah. be honest yeah, the, the, TV film, stuff the TV stuff is, wasn't that bad The TV well, stuff was I was, was going to say The
1: film stuff I mean, but, Bow rap but, Yeah
2: <laughs> But I still think I do think On on the Killing Eve front Yeah I think Sandra O oh, amazing, yeah. but how Jodie Comer wasn't even nominated is extraordinary because yeah. they are toe-to-toe for me in terms of performance. And I get yeah. that it's Golden Globes and Jodie's mm. British and, and Sandro was presenting, hosting. Mm. I, I get it, but I think it's such a huge raging oversight.
1: I think it's because the Hollywood foreign press are star fuckers, aren't they? To use your yeah, favourite phrase. They and and Soldier O is a huge star and they don't know who Jodie Comer is. Mm. I think they just thought, oh well, we don't need to nominate her, whereas we do need to nominate should her. We, should we yeah. run through the
0: categories? let's run through the categories. So, best TV series drama was won by the Americans. I think everyone saw yeah, this coming. I think yeah. that was uh, phenomenal fair. show that finished. Yeah. Uh, it's his last chance, obviously, so I think that was a good shout. Beating out Bodyguard, Homecoming, Killing Eve and Pose. Uh, best TV series, musical comedy, The Kaminsky Method, which got quite a bit of love. Rightly so. Yeah, we really liked so. really like it. We yeah Um Up there also was Barry, The Good Place, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel were in there. I think The Kaminsky Method was probably the I think if the good place it category.
1: kept up its quality the quality of seasons won, won yes.
0: then it might have won but, I agree with yeah. you I think the patchy third season probably didn't yeah. help it there uh, best limited series or TV motion picture see it's interesting that limited series or TV motion picture what they mean surely boy is a one-off TV drama
1: yes and what won that one
0: uh, this was uh The assassination of uh, Which is Authority. a ten
1: part thing anyway. That's yeah, a ludicrous that's category. Ten, subject, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. ten hours of it. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Because actually that's just it's just that it's an it's an anthology series. It is a series, yeah, but right, that's absolutely. an anthology. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. But that beat the List, Escape of Danimora, beat Sharp Objects, which is interesting. Yep. And a very English scandal. It was great that, that series, but
1: I felt there were certain episodes that didn't work, but yeah, it was uh, it was great. Richard Madden got some bodyguard love as best actor that's in a drama. Absurd. That is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I don't think even he himself <laughs> Can you imagine how
2: his shock and yeah. You know how people go, oh my God, I never yeah. expected this to happen. Yeah. And then he was like, he oh my God, I never beat Benedict expected
1: Cumberbatch this to happen. for fucking Patrick Melrose, didn't he? Uh, I
0: numbers. don't think Patrick Melrose was nominated in that category, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Um, best performance by an actor in a musical or comedy, Michael Douglas, Kaminsky Method. Again, mm. that's not a huge shock. Be honest with you. Mm. Although although I had a I had a hope that Donald Glover might take it for Atlanta and mm. he didn't. Yeah. Uh best actor in a limited series was oh, okay. That's Darren Chris for TV yeah. Cumberbatch. Yes. He That's where Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch yeah. was. Yes, yeah. as was Hugh Grant for Varying the <coughs> Scandal. Uh supporting actor Ben Whishaw, varying the scandal. Oh yeah, fair enough. Uh Best Actress in a drama, Sandra O oh, for mm. killing Eve. Uh, best actress musical or comedy was Rachel Brosnahan for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and you know that's not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all. Uh, best actress limited series Patricia Arquette, Escape at Nana Mora, which I'm sure you will say is yes. nailed on
1: cert. She is fantastic. Yeah. Mm,
0: yeah, although she beat out Amy Adams for Sharp Objects. Oh, okay, not so happy. So okay. yeah. yeah, take it back. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and best supporting actress was Patricia Clarkson for Sharp Objects again. No. Oh. Perfect. That's, you know, that's, I fully approve. Yeah, as do I. So, yeah, so, so their TV stuff was relatively safe, relatively, yeah. relatively sane, as a lovely counterpoint to their movie stuff, which was fucking demented. But, I mean, who really cares about awards anyway?
2: Everybody. I Everybody, yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. Right, so what else has been happening? Did you hear Vikings is concluding... <laughs>
2: I do enjoy it where you go, did you hear? Yeah. Did you hear? Something incredibly um, geeky that I'm oh, almost yeah. certain you didn't I mean, hear. I mean, I
0: heard it, but I didn't care. Oh, <laughs> for, so they're, they're doing a sequel series. I mean, I've stopped watching Vikings as well. Many more things. Vikings. I it's got rubbish. Yeah, it's called More Vikings. Vikings. No, uh, so Ikeia. so the Norse, Norse antics will continue. at the,
1: the Norse antics, yeah, I love that. There you go. Uh, the well, s-
2: I, I would watch Norse antics. <laughs> that's such a
1: phrase, isn't it? The <laughs> six season <laughs> has rap story on Empire Online. <laughs> oh.
0: Norse antics, yeah. All right, fine. Vikings is finishing. There'll be one more season, then it's done. More importantly,
1: Al Pacino is going to yes. be in this Nazi hunting series that's exciting. produced by Thingy. And that's the first time he's <laughs> ever been on TV. Peel. Jordan Peel. It's, yeah. it's his TV debut. It, well, he's been in a well, lot of HBO-type one-off shows. But not as like a like, a like a regular movies, type. Yeah, of. not in like proper, yeah. yeah. It, it, and it's very exciting. I think the whole idea of it is exciting. Hunting Nazis. Jews hunting Nazis in 70s New York. Produced by Jordan Peele, starring Al Pacino. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Isn't yeah. it, didn't
2: it say he's in Final Talks?
1: Final Talks, but Jordan Peele re- re- retweeted it,
2: uh, which means it's
1: true. It does mean yeah. it's, just me, it's yeah. true. I think James, tell, tell sign.
2: James heard me scream across the office <laughs> earlier this week about uh, uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch um, TV series for Disney+. Plus.
0: Uh, yeah. Why are you
2: looking at me like that?
0: <laughs> what bit were you screaming about?
2: That they've got this amazing showrunner.
0: Oh, oh who's showrunning it?
2: Oh you yeah, you see. You I see?
0: missed this. No. Okay. I missed it completely.
2: So it I is, screen you
0: out, what can I tell you?
2: No! You're literally looking at me like as <laughs> if I just like came down. I think from, you
1: screen each other out? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um so the showrunner is one of the writers of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel oh. um I went on set for Empire. It has a, many amazing female writers attached to it. It's been a massive kind of project that's been in development and has had loads of brilliant people involved with it. One of the writers has been announced as the showrunner for it, which I'm trying to find her name. She's, uh, Jack Schaefer. So, um, and she's also been in development on Black Widow for some time, a real kind of, I think, star within writers' Marvel. Marvel's writing writers' Marvel? Marvel's writing program.
0: The marvelous Mrs. Nada.
2: And then everybody was, then on Twitter it was like, oh my God, does that mean that he's going to come back to life in Endgame? Well,
0: Well, I mean, yes, as as are many people. I think
2: we can safely (laughs) assume yes. But I I think that's exciting seeing somebody who's doing such amazing work in Marvel, the cinematic universe, helming this for their streaming services. That makes me excited about that channel. Yeah, because I'm all right in saying that
1: not that many Marvel Cinematic Universe people ended up working on any of the Netflix Marvel series. The oh, of which yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, they're,
0: I mean, they're, they feel like a very... I mean, tonally, they're different. I know, well, they, I know. They, but maybe they
1: should have done that. Saying, yeah, this that's the
2: exciting, exciting thing. Yeah. This, this, for me, feels like it's yeah. already off to a stronger footing because yeah. you have somebody who's been involved mm. in creating or helping to create such a rich cinematic universe being put mm. in charge of the TV yeah. offering.
0: My concern here... A little oh bit. No. Is. no, no, seriously. like You know how like everyone loves Star Wars and then everyone massively turned on Star Wars when Solo came out because it felt like they were milking the space cow yes. just too much. I worry that you're going to get a similar thing with this where we get already get like three MCU films every year. We've had stuff on Netflix. stuff. We then start churning out all these Marvel TV shows. We're already at maximum Marvel. And don't get me wrong, I love it. This is where I live. But I, 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 I worry a little bit that it might be too much.
2: I don't know, I think it's I think it's really interesting for me to see that story and particularly their relationship and that kind of love story examined in great detail. I'm excited by the thought of them going kind of narrow and deep, if you if you know what I mean. So, you know, you've got these huge, kind of big, vast canvas stories being told on on the cinema screen and I think telly could be really exciting for just siloing those off and telling smaller stories episodically mm. Mm. I mm. think that that from a storytelling perspective makes me dead excited
1: and I would hope they've learned quite a lot from yeah. looking at the Netflix say, ones yeah that was too much those yeah. were too much that's the definition yeah, of too much they, each but, one too think, many episodes yeah, they, whereas they've got to learn yeah. that lesson and make and these I think this reboot of the whole Marvel mm. TV world feels
0: like a more exciting prospect yeah, yeah I, I will certainly be watching them I can't I can't certainly can't deny will. that do you have the Good Wife creator? are making a new show for CBS called Evil. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. This is the thing that's happening. So Robert okay. Michelle King uh, and the series focuses on a sceptical female clinical psychologist who joins a priest in training and a blue-collar contractor as they investigate supposed miracles, demonic possessions and other extraordinary occurrences to see if there is a scientific explanation or if something truly supernatural mm. is at work. This sounds like shit ghost hunters <laughs> me <meets> shit X-Files. <laughs> I'm Look, not a impressed, comedy. And, yeah, but, and yet, and yet, and yet, yeah, in good wife people. So it might not
1: be as bad as it sounds. Good wife people. I mean, I, you've got to, you've got to give it a go. Yeah, I, think I so. can't believe you haven't mentioned the biggest story of the week. Okay, or did on. you mention it last week? the which, Richard Schiff interview. Which one? Well okay, I've missed this too. What's this? Richard Schiff gave an interview, James. Oh yes, I in did in America where yes, he said that I Aaron Salkin this. wants to reboot
0: the West Wing. Yeah, I For know. For fuck's sake! But I know. And someone alerted me to this on Twitter a few days ago. I was a bit like, Do you know what, mate? I'll believe it when it happens.
1: No, no. Listen to this quote. All right, I've, I've, ri- I've typed, I've written it out. Aaron has said he wanted it to happen, i.e. a new West Wing series, and he might go with a new administration, in which case some of us might show up as consultants. Yeah. He's talking in detail about it. They've been
0: talking about this forever. <sighs> okay. You know, there was All a bit right. when he was saying, Leah, Sterling K. Brown will be the president, and again, that would be fantastic. I just don't think it'll happen. I'd love it mm-hmm. if it did. I just don't think it would. But works. any network would do that, wouldn't they? There must be well, like banging his door I'm down. I'm pretty it. certain they've already gone Salkin. and they've yeah. said yes. they've written in the blank check, given it to him said do it, and he's just and his whole line on this was if I have a great idea and I see a reason to do it, I'll do it, but I'm not doing it for the sake of it.
1: Better that than that boring film that you liked. <laughs> don't you start on Molly's game. Oh, yeah. Me and Helen oh, have got no. a date tonight. It was dull, don't. I know, but you she's right on this no, one. She I love isn't. Aaron Sorkin almost as much as you do, but that was Molly's boring. Game as a four star masterpiece. Okay. What are you talking
2: about? Oh, um, I, I've got two things I'm excited by. Yeah. I'm going to do them dead quick. One of which is Sarah Michelle Geller coming back to telly. Mm. Obviously, done very little telly since Buffy. Two things, I think. One of which was that awful um, what was it called? The. Thing where there was two of her, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, yes, it was I terrible, can't remember what it was called, but I know exactly Boy, what you mean yeah. Ringer. Yes. The Ringer, yes, W's the Ringer, oh. yes. terrible. terrible. Um,
2: so this is something actually being done by um, Ellen DeGeneres' production mm. company, yeah. and it's an adaptation of a book called Sometimes I Lie. It's a limited
0: series, isn't limited
2: it? series. Mm. She's going to star in it, and she is EPing it. And basically, she wakes up in hospital. Um, her character wakes up in hospital, can't move, speak, open her eyes, but she can hear everything going on around her. There's some interesting things. I understand from a timeline perspective in terms of telling her story before and now. I think there's some kind of, you know, who done it element to her predicament. Buffy is back, but she but can't, she can't move or speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and then the second thing that I was excited about was Angela Robinson, who obviously did the L Word. And last year she did the Wonder Woman story, the one that told the real life story. Oh, yeah, husband. yeah. 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 And the the polymorphously perverse people. Two women who inspired the character, (laughs) we believe, of Wonder Woman. It is called (laughs) Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women. So she has done a deal with Paramount, um, which we'll see her produce stuff that, I mean, I think the L word remains some of the kind of most groundbreaking innovative exciting Mm, telly done in the lgbtq space um or actually full stop in that kind of period so it'd be really interesting to see what she does you know professor marston had a real um the same-sex relationship between the women was kind of looked into i know i interviewed her at um toronto film festival a couple of years ago and she spoke very much about being interested in kind of unconventional relationships and the different ways in which people love. So I think it'd be really great to see what she comes up with for Paramount. Have
1: you done the Game of Thrones prequel casting story?
0: No, but I'm going to mention it. This yeah. is a, and also director. Director oh, as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. So uh, S.J. Clarkson who did uh, Jessica Jones. She's going to be directing the pilot. And we've got a bunch of new cast members who are joining because Naomi Watts and Josh Whitehouse are already in there. But we've got Naomi Aki, yeah. who's in episode nine. Uh, Denise Goch
1: Goff 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 Who's the, brilliant uh, on stage She was in Angels in America Yes Gorilla oh. um, yeah. She was yeah. in Gorilla. She was in Paula Which was a very weird Intense BBC2 thriller as well mm. She's brilliant
0: Jamie Campbell Bower The teen heartthrob He's yeah. not a teenager But no. teenagers <laughs> like him uh, From Mortal Instruments He's in it as well Ivano Jeremiah Who's been in Humans, humans Yeah he's Mirror. great in Humans Georgie Henley From Narnia Alex Sharp From To The Bone And Toby Regbo From Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald It's a bunch of people. The long night approaches, Boyd. I'm pretty psyched to you.
1: I am. I think it's a young, diverse... Those are all really great actors, Mm. so I think it's exciting stuff. And the fact that Jane Goldman is running the show is tremendously exciting for me, because I think she's brilliant.
0: Hashtag Game of Thrones, so White Walker. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, if
0: you want. Um, they've also, they showed us our first look at the final season of Game of Thrones. We saw a little sizzle oh, yeah. reel which yes. showed the first meeting of Daenerys and Sansa at Winterfell. That was quite a big that thing to quite, show, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I that was exciting. Was, yeah. That got me pretty, pretty psyched. But none of that, Boyd, none of that got me as psyched as a few choice words that Alex Kurtzman shared. Oh. Whereupon he said... <laughs> that Captain Picard's life was radically altered by the dissolution of the Romulan Empire. Now, boy, this is very interesting because this shows that it's taking into account the timeline that was established in J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek movie where Spock mentions at one point that he had failed to stop the destruction of Romulus uh, from a supernova and it it had political ramifications for the entire galaxy. But apparently Picard will be very affected by this event. In the Picard series, which uh, comes I'm, out at the end of the I year. I couldn't be more excited. Thought that would be yeah. the case.
1: Do you, and do you know about you too? And I don't mean the band. I mean the second season of U. You. Oh, you know, our favourite pulpy, yes. ludicrous Netflix thriller. I still haven't seen it, but yeah. Season, uh, season two's happening. Amazing. Yeah, I don't want to spoil what happens, but all I will say is Penn Badgley is going to be back as the ludicrous, psychotic bookstore manager, Joe.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And it's that's exciting, news. That's very Alan Partridge. <laughs> it was a little bit, wasn't it? Should we delve into this week's reviews? Yes. I've watched a heroic amount of TV for this week's show. I mean, you are a hero. Yeah, I am in many ways the hero you deserve and the hero that you need. Should we begin on Netflix, as is I want, with uh, The Punisher? Yes. So season two of The Punisher drops on Friday, which sees John Bernthal back as uh, the, uh, the titular sort of vigilante hero. I... I'm one of the few people who rather enjoyed The Punisher Season 1. I thought it was very good. I thought it was, as ever, way too long. But it was some of the most violent TV I think I'd ever seen. Something which is, I think, surpassed here. The first episode of this, I've seen the first three, the first episode of this, I think, it contains a bar fight. Which I will put forward as saying it might be the most violent thing I've ever seen on television. Mm. It was yeah, it's extraordinary.
1: Contender. Do want, my suspicion about these Marvel shows generally yeah. is that the big kind of creative drive was <laughs> we can do Marvel stories but have loads of sex and violence and yeah. swearing. Yeah. And they all have like some of them have more sex in them like Jessica Jones I yeah. quite and, and this one has the violence dialed so up to 11.
0: There's a bit where he pins a woman well, to a yeah. stall with a knife and then Punches her unconscious. Well,
2: can I just... So I have... You'll be surprised Yeah. I have issues with this. I tried to watch it last season. Didn't work. I forced myself to watch the first episode for this very moment. So thank you for that, you two. I'm blaming both of you. It was James's idea. I hate the orgy of toxic masculinity and the attempts to kind of in some way justify that or reason it or balance it. And as you say, you know, Look at these ferocious women fighters. Yep. Hashtag That's feminism. E- hashtag equality. <laughs> hashtag you know she's a woman and he can punch her in the face because she's hard too. And it's, there's no even. Oh, I just think even with sorry, but even with characters like Wolverine, say for example, right? As um, cinema has evolved, our storytelling's evolved. You know, you break apart that toxic masculinity that makes that character. You you get into the heart of what makes him a man and what is manhood and masculinity anyway. The Punisher is just like being hit in the face over and over again with a can of links.
0: And no, he also though does buy a little boy pancakes.
2: I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh that scene was so cheesy. I hate it. It
1: right. I've lot. I agree with Terry. I think it's it, it's it's only raison d'être is to be violent. It's yeah. the definition of gratuitous. It, yes. It's Orgy. like there's nothing is. Yeah, it's, it's just fabulous. It's ridiculous, and I like I like gratuitous violence as much as the next psycho doofus. But there was something about the lack. I think it's lacking. It's not stylish or clever in well, what's this. What's the
2: point? What is the point? Like
1: when, so, but when Quentin Tarantino does it in The yeah. Hateful Eight, right? You like, yeah. I'm, I, am I, you know, there's something, it's all about the execution for me. And I just feel this was so dunderheaded And, like, there's a scene earlier on, there's the sex scene. Now, what, it's become a cliché. People having sex and then intercut between them yeah, chatting afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's such a cliché now. And it was full of things like, oh, we're being really clever. Like, you know, because we've got women fighting as well and all that. It's not clever. Well, all. For me, it's, it's all basic. about
0: the executions. Yes. Uh, no, I thought I had loads of fun with this, but then you have to understand this. A, there is a, there is a, uh, a cinematic and a TV archetype that you either get on board with or you don't. Which is, which is Brian Mills in Taken, which is <laughs> The Punisher, which is all of these people, where the idea is that they are the sort of like you know emotionally repressed incredible badass guy who once you cross him he will fuck your shit up and it's the thing that everyone kind of projects into it it's the Jack Reacher thing isn't mm. it he's the, like, and in this he's become a bit Reachery at the beginning where he's just wandering the countryside and he stumbles into an adventure and actually at that point I thought this is this is exactly what I want from Punisher like if they had turned him into though? Jack it's, it's Reacher just... it's not special at all but it's pure like weird slightly right wing wish fulfilment where...
2: are you on board with all the like hard boiled Yeah! Because that for me is like... He, it, to what Boyd's saying there's no kind of narrative eloquence there's no kind that's of really fine. there's no wit there's no, there's no wit at all. All. I there's don't need
1: wit Jack Reacher's witty and funny yeah, as well know, as being all of those but things. he bounces a guy's face off
0: an upstanding knife I mean yeah. what's not to love about that uh, It's just you know the man takes out like 16 train killers in a bar and it's just it's, mental it's just
1: the equaliser I know I mean, well, there's so it. many of it's these a, things what yes. makes but shouldn't a yes. Marvel you know a thing from a Marvel comic book have something different about it this yeah, could be yeah. you might not even know there's anything to do with Marvel it's just a
0: standard S- see, boy, he's got a skull on his t-shirt. That's it's the uh, not, that's it's the not USP. Not
2: So fucking stupid! Oh, it's so
0: good, but I love, I love, it. I love the <laughs> fact that when he gets really sort of like sort of bestial and he just grunts and he's like, Grr! and he can't even speak and he just goes oh completely God. berserk. But it's so I'm fascinated much by this, right? fun,
2: Um because you are a feminist, you are a really smart, <laughs> not on physical, not even remotely aggressive, liberal middle class guy, right? These are true, and. Yet you kind of... Why do you get off on this unreconstructed kind of... Ridiculous template of retro retrograde masculinity. Because because it
0: is well channeled. Because the point is that he only kills the bad guys. He is oh, a m- he's simple moral toxically universe. toxically male within the bounds of bad people, and yet has a sensitive side. He's not a chauvinist or a misogynist. You know, so he embodies sort of good liberal ideals, but it also that 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 little part of you that likes to see him kill the bad guys. You know, it lets you sort of vent that, and I and I really enjoy it, and I like the fact that in this that they acknowledge it. So the first episode, you've got this insane Insane bar fight. You have a bit of downtime where he kidnaps someone in the second one. And in the third one, it basically becomes a uh, 60 minute remake of Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, which again, it's, it's just amazing where they're under siege in a police station and the bad guys come, but the punisher's there and you're then not, he's in a cell, but they you're let not him convincing out and us to carry on no, watching. Like, it's so much fun. I'm just
2: getting more confused the more you talk. It's
0: carpenter-tastic and I loved it. And I, it's true, this whole thing may go tits up because I've got another 10 episodes, 10 hours of this shit <laughs> to watch. Jesus um, And also, uh, Ben Barnes has returned as uh, Billy Russo slash jigsaw and I, I could have done without that like I would have liked it if they'd kept him doing his own completely unrelated thing he's wandered into an adventure and like Jack Reacher he stays there till it's sorted but no I think they're, they're having to sort of take it all back to the original one and I could have yeah. done without that. but yeah, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt I'm enjoying this a lot but like I say a lot of people didn't like the first one uh, and and if you didn't, you probably won't <laughs> yeah, like this, this one.
2: Is not, so it's, I think <laughs> yeah, what, this is more commonly mind. known as doubling down. Yeah,
0: it is doubling down. I mean, it is so violent. I would say, my recommendation, watch the first episode. If that bar fight turns you off, don't even think about watching anymore. Yes. And if you really, really enjoy him murderizing the shit out of 13 people in a bar, then there is lots this series has to offer you. That's what I say.
1: I'm not offended by it. I don't mind yeah. the violence. It's the it's it's just routine. Is the problem for me? I don't get that's, what. That's just that's just your
0: Friday night, isn't it, boy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so
1: routine to yeah. you. I'd rather watch The Equalizer <laughs> two. Honestly,
0: oh, God, uh, I I enjoy a bit of Equalizer, but Equalizer yeah. two is rubbish.
1: Equalizer one is disappointing. Enjoyed. I didn't Equalizer two was two. one was great. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, anyway,
0: that is Marvel's The Punisher. But also, please note that this is essentially the penultimate. Season of a Netflix Marvel show because we're going to have one more season of Jessica Jones, and then that's pretty much it. So, Thank God for that. So, you know, <laughs> I think we're all
1: relieved. Everyone from Netflix to <laughs> us oh, is you're thrilled. Oh, are so mean. No. So I mean, there's a reason they're putting this out, by the way. The same day as the Star Trek starts yeah. and about three other things are all starting on Netflix. They are, They do not give a shit anymore
0: about No. It. I, and it is abundantly clear that Netflix <laughs> don't yeah. give a shit. They haven't marketed it. They've not mm-hmm. made any fanfare about it. No. They just pushed it out there and moved on, yeah. which is a shame because John Berntale's oh. amazing and... I am the Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to be the Punisher. I would punisher. like to be the Punisher. As
2: you see, out of all of the fantasies that I imagine you have in your head, this was not really in there. So I'm I'd... kind of fascinated yeah, by this Yeah, this is then. definitely one
0: of them. Oh, this
2: is your diehardness, right? Yes, but I maintain that
0: deep down, deep down, every single man on Earth wants to be Jack Reacher. I want to be Jack Reacher, but I don't want to be the Punisher. Who wants to be Jack Reacher? But The Punisher's just Jack Reacher with, not as good. with more automatic well, weapons.
1: Yeah, but not as good. I mean, that's true. Jack Reacher's. Yeah. Isn't
2: Jack Reacher
1: too small? Small? Yeah. In the films, yeah. That's In why the films, they're not yeah. doing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Tom Cruise is yeah. small. And... I'm like Jack. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I could be Jack Reacher. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to well.
2: make a joke about you being Jack <laughs> Do Reacher, it. and then I thought he
0: was That's done fine. First. No, no. Right, which takes us on to True Detective Season 3. Now, this is this has been interesting, my boy, because you've yes. been very excited
1: about this. Yes. And
0: I have poo-pooed
1: it. <laughs> yeah, and we well, both poo-pooed it. It was a poo-poo from yes. both of you.
0: And yet, and yet, and yet, I watched the first
1: one this morning, mm. and it is really good. Mm. Well, the reason I was excited about it is because Season 1 of True Detective, yes. with um, with Matthew McConaughey... And Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson was fantastic. I was. loved it. Um, and it was... it. It took a fair it took the it took I mean as the title would suggest it took the genre of a crime drama buddy cop duo all of that and turned it into something very special incredibly stylish weird and wonderful Like the last episode was completely bizarre it took it into a very strange almost supernatural territory mm. that you weren't expecting because it was all quite realistic yeah it, it played with time which every show now does everything yeah. it's a flat circle yes so everything everyone's flashing back voice. it did it I think Back then, it was more innovative, the way it had you know, two, three different time periods that yeah. it covered throughout the whole show. Then, of course, famously, season two was an absolute fucking mess. <laughs> and it didn't even have, apart from that it was about crime, it didn't really have much link to season one. It was a completely yeah. different story. Kerry Fukunaga wasn't involved, I think, it was a big, important element of season one directing all of it. And it felt like a big mess, yeah. season two. Now, season three, they've clearly learned the lesson. They've said that it's another... But two cops together, although Mm. the emphasis is much more um, on Mahashala. Mahashal Ali's character. Um, And it's back with a three time period. So. He's investiga- the main crime took place in 1918, the Ozarks' two siblings disappear. He investigated at the time. He's also t- retelling that story in another investigation, very much similar to season one. And then there's another third element of him, much older, yeah. when he's kind of... When he's
0: making season three of Making a Murderer. <laughs> right,
1: mm-hmm. right. And his um, partner wrote a book about it. So it's, all, it's kind of about crime, and it's about how people write and deal with crime yeah. and look back on it, and it's about them. So it's got all those elements... I have to say I mean I'm glad you liked it. I-, I like it as well. It is slow. You know how people say stuff yeah. is slow. It's glacial. And I often and I thought with Sharp Object everyone was saying Sharp Object is slow. I never ever found Sharp Object slow because <laughs> I immediately was always immersed in it and I found it riveting. I do think this the first two episodes of this are slow. Slower. Yeah. Than Sharp Objects. Slower than season one, less demented than season two, mm. but I'm still fascinated to see what happens. But I think he is
0: so compelling in this, He's but great, also the yeah. setup. The, the, the first yeah. episode, I have only seen the first one, it is very slow, but the setup is very compelling. Like yeah. with the two missing kids, and you're not sure what's happening. And then obviously, when you find out what is happening, it's chilling enough that it really makes you immediately want to reach for episode yeah. two.
2: It, I've only seen episode one, which I watched directly before this podcast. And I, I'll tell you what, I thought it was beautifully shot. Mm. I mean, remarkably shot. I I found it compelling, but also in, in some respects it felt quite conventional. There were tropes of storytelling that I really recognised. You know, you knew when that it was clear that the kids were gonna be kidnapped they're cycling down the road mm-hmm. and you you had the rattle 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 of the spokes on their bike wheel. It mm. was very much like you know those kind of genre of, of missing kid films where yeah. it was like all these wells you know, driving past the white picket fence, neighbour yep. waves in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the kind of I felt like the filmmaking and the kind of narrative conceits felt familiar but yeah. not in a way that necessarily bothered me but because of I've never been a massive true detective fan I the first season passed me by and then it was just done but I, I don't know if I was expecting something a little bit more kind of daring and mm. and innovative. But it was, I mean, it it was really compelling. He, I mean, Maharshala can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I think it's very an, very good. I think he's an extraordinary actor. Um, and as I say, it was beautiful. There's something quite hypnotic about the way that story was told. Um, uh, and I definitely want to watch season two. But it kind of, I don't know. It's kind of left me a little tepid. I think. Mm.
0: Episode two. You mean episode two? Yeah.
2: Episode two. two. It's it's season two.
1: two. not do that. No. Don't waste that no, no, no. time. No. Yeah, I know it's what you mean. I I feel sl- I slightly. I mean. I mean. This is catnip to me. I love this kind of stuff. Mm. I love this kind of gritty crime stuff. Disappearing kids. Just, it
2: wasn't that gritty, but gritty, right? well, I mean,
1: in the area, it's set in a very working-class, poor communities in the Ozarks. Ooh. I mean that element of it. Oh, okay. I mean, the setting, you know, the, the it, milieu. It, yeah, but it does what sharp objects does. Where it,
0: <laughs> oh it's yeah, good, it's good. I yeah. can't believe you did that. Yeah, um, okay. it does what sharp objects and indeed season one of this did. Where it just wallows in that, yeah. in that time period, in that setting, in that place, in that gives you a real sense of location. Yeah. Yes. So my, and
2: you could tell the three time. Yeah. You could tell very quickly the three different periods were established. Yeah. I thought yeah. the visual storytelling and the tone of it generally in terms of those periods was amazingly mm. executed. And actually the way Maharshala held himself differently in each of those yeah. ones. Yeah.
1: yeah, I agree with that. But I did, at the end of having, the end when I came to the end of episode two, I did I, I did think, is there, re- is, there, is there enough of this story to sustain, you know, another eight episodes or whatever? Mm. And actually, if you took away the timeline stuff, is it it is quite straightforward and basic in a way I think mm. that's what you say it's not it doesn't it isn't doesn't feel unique and special yet but I am enjoying it whereas season one was something absolutely extraordinary I think so yeah I'm I, I don't feel I, I'm already feeling it's like it's kind of a return to form but not something so extraordinary I'd say yeah you have to watch this thing because it's gonna be wonderful as season one was yeah
0: okay yeah okay. yeah I I, I think I, w- I would definitely recommend this to anyone who you know wants to what a good TV show. This is probably the best show that's out this week. If we're honest, yeah. And it starts so, on tonight. Uh, Apart from Star Trek, obviously. Uh,
1: yeah, tonight uh, Sky Atlantic now TV, and they're showing it in double bills every week. Which
0: is yeah, crazy. so you get two. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, True Detective season two, which brings us three. on to three. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, see, we've retconned, boy. There are only two seasons <laughs> oh, of True right, Detective. There, like, is, the,
1: there's no fourth Indiana Jones film.
0: Yes, yeah. and there's no and there's no Highlander two. <laughs> right. Uh, so this is the Highlander two of True Detective was season two. So now it goes season one, season three. So just okay. There you go. Do you think I'm coming? Yeah, I almost yeah. I pulled it off. Yeah. No one noticed. No. Good. Um, this is Fox's The Passage. Now, I know what you two probably thought. You probably thought this is another one of James's <laughs> ridiculous it's got vampires and science fiction nonsense bollocks stuff in it. However, I will say this is based on Justin Cronin's book The Passage, and The Passage is a very interesting. Uh, one might say, extraordinary novel. It's really, really good. So he's more of a literary writer generally, but he wrote the passage uh, with his daughter because she said, can you please write Mm. a... a little girl. She said, can you please write a book where a girl saves the world? So he came up with this idea. And while they were out riding their bikes together, they essentially workshopped this novel, which was about a girl and vampires and whatnot. And it's quite complex and convoluted. And there are multiple storylines in there. What's interesting, it's a... There's two primary narratives in the book. There is the story very quickly, of how this virus guts out, which turns people into vampires, and the story of an agent and a little girl in the quote-unquote present. So this is before the outbreak. And then the second narrative skips forward a 100 years nearly, and it shows this colony in post-apocalyptic America when vampires rule the world, and they live behind these huge walls with lights to keep vampires away and whatnot. And it flips between those two things. So I was fascinated to see how they would approach that in this series? And the answer is, of course, they've done it in a very odd way. So my understanding is the whole of this first season is going to be the in the present. So you've got uh, how the vampire virus breaks out, it's uh, Agent Walgast, and it's the little girl, Amy. And then season two is going to be the jump forward 100 years to show the colony. And then season three, if they get that far, will come back and show you what happens in the sort of aftermath of the outbreak. Uh, and you'll see sort of the end of the first novel there bear in mind there are three novels here there's uh i think city of mirrors is the second one and the 12 is the third one so there's three novels and these three seasons are essentially the first novel so there's there's lots to unpack there but this take this as a whole i've seen the first uh three episodes of this and i like it with reservations i think it has an awful lot of ground to cover and i don't think it covers it particularly elegantly um but I enjoyed it. Like you guys must have liked the girl who plays Amy is great.
2: I loved this so much. Did you? Much. Wow. Oh, I I'm want... so God. proud. <laughs> I don't know. I've only watched the first episode so let me just put that out there but I have to say this is my favourite thing this week. Amazing. By a country mile. I mean, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit point of no return meets girl with all the gifts meets yeah. outbreak meets yes. Twilight yes. and some of the dialogue is amazing. There's a bit where they go, uh, he is a lethal blood sucking monster. We're very careful not to call a vampire and somebody else goes, nobody's perfect. It's just like, there's a character goes, this is Shauna Badcock. I was oh, like, did they just Babcock. call her Badcock? No. It is extraordinary. <laughs> and it's somehow, I'm sorry, I found it quite touching. Like mm. their relationship, yes. the relationship... Yes between him and the little girl and she is an extraordinary mm. little actress. She's
0: amazing but really absolutely is. like revelatory. She's Just so good.
2: Just astonishing. I, absolutely, I was like, this is right up my street. Yeah. A little bit trashy, a little bit melodramatic, the writing's ridiculous <laughs> and I was all here for it.
1: Yeah. And it's got Mark Paul Gosselaar, Gosselaar yes. of, out of Saved by the Bell. Yes. Who,
2: by the way, looks exactly the same <laughs> apart from yeah. he's let I the mean, hair dye go yeah, a bit.
1: Yeah, he's let the hair Go yeah, he look, he's great, and he is really good because I like the fact that he, he's on this mission. and He's a baddie to start yeah. with, and then she humanizes him. And yeah. also the fact that his his partner is a complete fucking twat. Yes, um, but
0: I, I mean it's it's slightly clumsy the
1: way. Oh, well, he had a daughter who died, therefore empathy. Yeah. Oh, that's know. totally clumsy. Yeah. yeah. Are you, now, is the novel the novels? Are they YA novels? Then? No. Oh, okay. No, they're, just, they're not YA novels. Oh, okay, that's no, interesting. Yeah, actually, this, I, I was expecting this to be a YA thing because it's no. got this young girl at the centre of it, but it's not, is it? No. Yeah, it's, the horror stuff is. Kind of it's proper, proper horror. Horror,
0: yeah, and the book is is essentially it's like a literary author takes on genre fiction essentially, but does yeah. it extremely well. Yeah. So it has a literary feel to the right. genre aspects so of it. It's not trashy at all, right?
1: Yeah, I mean she is brilliant. It is really well done. Yeah, I thought. Mm. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to do these things properly, and I I, I think because I was expecting that YA element, which I, I'm I'm slightly bored of, of that <laughs> because they're never, you know, it's never quite as violent and harsh as you want it to be. YA kind of horror mm-hmm. stuff, whereas this does go full on pretty much, and she yeah. and and she, and she's so. Great, like so believable that the authenticity kind of spreads out. I think to the rest of the thing, so you kind of believe in the vampire people. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's very. You, you it's have good. to, I think, if certainly if you're
0: a fan of the books, there's some, there's some, it's not insignificant changes here. Right. I think uh, Justin Cronin's been very hands off. He's been like, you're the experts, do what yeah. you want. Yeah, uh, and they've deliberately kind of ejected elements. Obviously, split out the other narratives, and they've really slowed this down. So they really rushed the beginning, uh, where you essentially find the virus, and there's spend any time on that, and it's all about that Relationship, it's that father daughter yeah. relationship yeah, which that is develops quite rightly because yeah, that is is that's of it. the yeah. emotional center of the show, and it, it makes is. it really
2: you totally buy it. Yeah. oh, you, you do. do, it's yeah. absolutely totally
0: heartbreaking. It. Yeah, yeah, I know, I really enjoyed it, and I particularly enjoyed his badass former <laughs> uh, instructor isolationist machine gun hoarding killing. Oh, oh she was great, yeah.
2: Oh I mean, the fa- there was a bit where I realized I was still watching the pre credit <laughs> setup, and it was like 11 <laughs> minutes in or yeah. something, it was brilliant. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's good. Now you definitely definitely watch the keep watching this one. It's uh, I'm very very interested to see how it pans out. I don't know if it's been at this point, you know, I'm presuming it hasn't been renewed and they haven't got to that point yet. But I really hope they get a chance to do the second season. However, my concern is if you haven't read the books, <clears throat> to be jarred so dramatically from what this is to what it will then become. Mm. I think they'll lose a lot of audience from that. Uh, I think that's unavoidable because what people like about this. It doesn't really continue on. I don't know. Mm. Look, we'll see. We'll see. what it's, it's going to be an interesting pivot and a very mm. difficult one to pull off. But I hope they get the chance to do it. So that is The Passage. And that airs... Where does it air for? It's on Fox, Tuesday,
1: Fox Channel. Fox Channel.
0: Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Watch that. And that's Terry's pick of the week.
2: It is! And I loved it too.
0: <laughs> but, obviously, at no point does the little girl, Amy Belafonte, go into a bar and kill 13 trained killers mm-hmm. with bottles, knives and stuff. And you There's know, still time, though. There's still time. It might happen, but it doesn't happen in the first one. Mm. So, you know, there's that. Okay. And that is it for reviews, which, of course, leaves only... <laughs> The Banshee Segment. Oh, the Banshee God. Segment from the archive. Who wants to go first? <laughs> what about you? What's
1: your? You, why don't you show off your Banshee Segment?
0: All right, all right. I shall, I shall unzip my Banshee Segment now. <laughs> Get uh, your
2: Banshee Segment
0: out. I, I've, I've gone a little bit more contemporary this time. Ooh, okay. I wanted to pull out The Night Of, oh, yeah, which was my pick yeah. of 2016. Yeah, it um, was my
1: pick of 2016. Oh, it's hell. That's so good, isn't yeah, it? it was brilliant.
0: Uh, this is uh, it was a one-off eight-part limited series from HBO. Um, this starred uh, Reese Ahmed, as Nazir Khan, who's a kind of studious young man who borrows his father's cab one night, accidentally picks up a young woman who thinks he's a normal cab. They get talking, they get on. He ends up going back with her. They drink, they do drugs, and they play a rather ill-conceived sex game with a knife. And then the next morning... He, <laughs> exactly, never do that. And the next morning, he wakes up next to her kind of bloody murdered corpse. Uh, he's promptly arrested and incarcerated with only da dun, 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 ambulance-chasing public defender John Turturro fighting his corner. Uh, a
1: character originally supposed to be played by? I don't know. James me. Gandolfini. Really? Yes.
0: Uh, but not so much cuz he's dead.
1: Well, it was going to be it was him more I think they even filmed a pilot with him Did and then they? he died. I yeah. didn't
0: know that. That's yeah. good info. Yeah. I think uh, Ahmed is incredible in this. Yeah. Like the transformation he goes through both sort of physically and emotionally as the incarceration kind of wears on him is really striking, but if this is even possible, Taturo is even better. Mm. He's
1: so so good. Um, I also love the detective in it which is played by what's his name Bill Camp oh I love Bill Camp plays I love the Bill schlubby Camp. the classic schlubby detective who's fan but he's got such he's like a really soulful yeah slightly warped, slightly dodgy figure. He's fantastic in it, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is, it's just so... It's it's really, really clever, and it kind of looks at the American justice system, you know, how people are tried in the media, and how kind of people without means, how they easily fall through the kind of cracks of the judicial system. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to bang on about this uh, all day, mainly because it's only eight episodes, and genuinely, there is no excuse whatsoever not to track down the box set and buy it. This is available secondhand for £1, and that is a pilot TV price match guarantee... <laughs> <laughs> because, and I'd like to point this out, I was absolutely right about The Shield. It is available from 50p for Oh, yes, exchange. yes, yes, yes. Um, A lot
1: of people tweeted that's right. saying, Oh, well, yeah, there it is. You to me oh, on you, Twitter. Yeah. You
0: doubt me. You doubt me. And yet,
1: James knows best. We'll never doubt you again. There you go. Uh, I'm going to pick... Have you heard of Room 104? You about Room it, 104? It's next to Room 103. Yeah. Well, it's... Gen- I think it's... Uh, unlike yours, which everyone saw the night of, Room 104 <laughs> is genuinely obscure. But very recent, HBO drama series it's an anthology series it's basically inside number 9 but american okay. and slightly less spooky but there's like 12 episodes of it on on the Skybox set thing and and they they vary in quality they're done by the Duplass brothers so there's a kind of inherent you know they're quirky each each and they're all set in the same room in a motel and some of them are fantastic, some of them are kind of slightly dull, but it's definitely well worth entering into the world of Room 104. But I mainly mention it because I hardly met anyone in this country who's ever watched any of it. But it's quite, it got quite good reviews in America. I think people here slightly resent the fact that it seems so similar to Inside Number Nine.
0: Okay. Mm. Interesting. Terry, what have you got for us?
2: Uh, I would like to talk about Ghost Whisperer.
0: No. Oh, oh with, with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes. yes.
2: So Ghost Whisperer is Jennifer Love Hewitt as a, a young woman called Melinda Gordon who finds out that not only can she see dead people, but that it's her quest, her mission on Earth to help solve their life death problems and so that they can pass over.
0: Didn't the pilot of this have Wentworth Miller in it? And didn't he did. maybe write it as well? Did he? Like, I, I genuinely... I have this in my head because this was the same pilot season as Supernatural, which I don't think did it any favours.
2: Oh. Uh,
0: and I, I want to say Medium might have been the same year as well. Like, a lot of that Medium stuff... was
2: later because this was, was 2005. It? Yeah. Um, and it ran, for, it ran for like five years mm. um, and it was... Um, I mean, we went through some stuff with Melinda, let me tell you, and there was a whole... Um, <laughs> there was a whole bit where her husband in the show dies and her biggest challenge ever is having to help him pass over... But then he gets kind of reincarnated in somebody else's body. So then for years she's just married to another man but who's got her <laughs> husband's soul inside him. And I'm oh just like God. isn't his mum going you fucking bitch he's been dead like 6 <laughs> weeks and you've already cracked on with somebody else. But it's amazing and I like it it's it's one of those things that I enjoy because it's a um it's episodic it's a self-contained story every single week and Every single week, it's that formula, just like my SVU, where something needs to happen. She has a case. She has to solve it. When they solve it, they get to pass on to the other side, and only then... Is she free until you, the next day? When I don't. It you do I, like a formula. You love don't a you? procedural, don't yes. you? Yeah. Yes. Wentworth Miller was in it. Didn't write did it. We discussed what? House. Yes, because with... House is exactly. I the love House. The... House is
1: my is my SVU. My ghost here's whisperer. Here's a case. Yeah. Here's a case, and yeah. I have to I
2: solve love
1: it. it. It was so brilliant. Oh, boy, it. It was, um, did you see the one where uh, where it was lupus?
2: Yeah. Indeed. Indeed.
1: It's <laughs> so funny you mentioned Ghost Whisperer because for me it's always going to be Entre Fantasmas, which is the Spanish title for it. Oh my god. And. Weird, when my, one of my best friends, about 10 years ago, moved to Spain, moved to Barcelona, and left the country. So I used to go and see him. Uh, could they? Yeah, exactly. So i go and see him every year. And when when he first moved there, before he really knew the language and everything, one of the only shows that was on Spanish TV, but with subtitles, was The Ghost Whisperer, Andre Fantasmas, in Spanish. No. We used to sit there watching episodes of Ghost Whisperer in Barcelona, because that was one of the few things he could have contact with. Wouldn't it be amazing
0: English. if you were a Spanish pop star and you were Andre Fantasmas?
1: That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. There and you go, begins. yeah. So, yeah, Ghost I've of I've watched lots of it in Spanish.
0: I've watched the first one, and then I didn't okay. ever do it again. Yeah. Right, and that, I guess, is it for another episode. Um, we are, as we like to remind you, on social media at Pilot TV Mag. We're also on iTunes, where you can leave a review as long as it's 5.00 stars. Uh, Join us (laughs) next Monday when we'll very likely be getting into the new series of Tin Star and possibly the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as well as something else. Uh, Possibly even Star Trek Discovery, which we will have seen by that point, but then, of course, so will all of you. Until then, it's time for us to beam up, raise shields and go to warp. Pilot out. (laughs)